Hello and welcome to the Nagrik podcast. My name is Aju John. Here you can listen to conversations about civic participation. At Nagrik Open Civic Learning, we promote open educational resources for civic participation so that more people can learn to assume active roles in their societies. In this podcast, I will learn along with you from the people who have tried to bring about meaningful change. Before we start this episode, a quick note about what you can find today at www.nagriklearning.com. That is n a g r i k learning.com. You may know that a range of laws apply in India's forests. There are colonial era laws that provide the foundation for state control of forests and restrictions on human activity. Laws that provide the framework for the conservation of wildlife habitats, laws that centralize decision making on the diversion of forests, and some fairly revolutionary laws that provide a framework for recognizing the rights of forest dwelling communities and for decentralized community level decision making on the use of forests. 300 million people, which is more than a fifth of India's population, depend on these forests for survival. These are also India's poorest people. So for any proper understanding of India's environment, land or poverty, it is absolutely essential to understand these laws and the governance of resources and rights in India's forests. You can get this understanding today for free from a course developed by Oxfam India in partnership with the Center for Policy Research. This course called Community Rights and Forest Governance is available now on nagriklearning.com. Once again, that is n a g r i k learning dot com. Now on with this episode. One of the fundamental motivations of my professional life has been that inequality in access to knowledge about the law and public institutions. is one of the biggest impediments to the fair and just access to citizenship in countries with extreme inequality where most of the law is entirely cut off from the people to whom it matters the most gaining knowledge of the law and public institutions is a radical act that can empower even the most marginalized people which is why it was an absolute thrill to have on this podcast abha singhal joshi whose career reads like a recent history of legal literacy programs in india She spent several years creating learning materials and training programs that inch by inch brought many of the country's poor and marginalized people closer to the law. Now I will be upfront. I first got in touch with her to learn about her work in relation to the right to information movement. But it was her work with legal literacy that I found more fascinating. So much so that I recorded two conversations with her on that subject in late April of 2020. when all of india was under near complete lockdown our conversation began with her early career as a young advocate in the chambers of vijinder jain who later went on to become the chief justice of the punjab and haryana high court yeah i completed my law from uh, campus law center delhi university uh, that was in uh, 1983 and i was a full time practicing lawyer i was doing civil litigation i was doing criminal appeals writs and it was one of those you know uh, a full time engagement with uh, primarily with uh, civil law and uh, i did have a very interesting practice uh, just for the reason that uh, uh, my senior happened to have a political background 
so i did end up assisting in uh, you know stuff like that's very uh, uh, topical nowadays so there were defamation cases there were uh, election petitions and of course there were a lot of writs there were appeals there were very boring cases like uh, you know the panel kind of cases like uh, food corporation and the railways and things like that so uh, that's what i did for almost 4 years and uh, i it was tedious at times it was boring but i had a lot of work because i was the only junior in the chamber and uh, i didn't always uh, i can't say that i always enjoyed the work but uh, it was a very democratic chamber my senior gave me a lot of opportunities to um, argue matters to file to draft so he was a very you know uh, a very good natured person a very liberal person a very generous with his uh, space i would say literally uh, yeah, you know clients would tell him to come along and argue matters but he used to say no my junior will go she knows the file better than me so that's when i look back and i see uh, how and i you know my other colleagues were not uh, half as lucky because uh, i would see them just uh, ferrying files from court to court you know tagging behind their seniors and taking passovers and just sitting in the inspection room creating files copying down orders and uh, uh, you know it was not quite the same experience for them so i did have i had an excellent experience uh, in full time litigation but i was bored i mean i i must say that the the tedium of civil litigation was something and i used to always keep telling my senior that uh, you know we always seem to be on the wrong side and uh, he used to laugh at me and say what do you mean by the wrong side there is no such thing in law as a wrong side the side that you are representing is uh, uh, is the right side for you so no i was just asking uh, how do you think your experiences as a junior lawyer compared to those with other women litigators practicing in delhi in the 80s yeah so you know there were uh, uh, there were i would say like there were three or four types of uh, uh, litigation women litigation lawyers so there was one that was obviously a class apart though when i look back now i don't think i think the tags on them were very uh, uh you know more daunting and fancy like we had very few uh, law firms at that time so there was uh, you know there was jb uh, dada chanji which was like the ultimate thing for a lawyer to get into and there was khetan and there were you know so there were some uh, so they used to look really snappy and uh, you know very business like and then but i i i wonder if they were really doing any great work as juniors then there were uh, the some of the older uh, women lawyers who were very aggressive and you know they were like really something to watch in action so we had rani jetmalani and uh, you know a few others who were very aggressive in court and they were uh, uh, well received by the uh, judges and and then there was uh, the absolutely uh, i would say uh, uh, the very uh you know they had they were shy or and quiet and a little daunted by the whole uh, system they used to keep to themselves tag behind their like i said you know go behind their seniors work long hours and not get paid so uh and somewhere in between there were people like me 
you know who were who were there who were uh, who got, got a good deal in the sense that you know i was really very lucky i would say that with my chamber i mean he didn't have a very large practice or uh, anything but i got to do a lot of work <clears throat> so uh, i was there for almost what four years i would say <clears throat> so then i uh, i was there till about 86 yeah at the end of 86 so when i actually i uh, uh, decided i uh, got, i got married and i went off to bombay so <laughs> it was like you know and uh, i i was quite happy to uh, leave and go i mean it was not it didn't uh, uh, bother me very much i didn't feel though i was uh, i was doing well i mean as one could say that you know after about three and a half years uh, there i was uh, doing well i was doing some independent work his work mostly but independently and um, uh, he i was also starting to earn a fair amount of money compared to the others and then when i went to bombay i was just uh, became a very typical uh, uh, newly married uh bride i was very happy to sit at home and do nothing and then my senior the same senior when i visited back home and i went to meet him he was uh, really furious he said what are you doing sitting at home go start working so i said no no i don't really need to work why should i work and what you know it's really far the courts and this and that so then he said no and he gave me a, a reference letter uh to go and meet some really senior person someone some mr shah somebody he knew he picked up the phone he said my junior's uh, moved to bombay and she's going to come and get and she's going to work in your chamber so i went to this chamber in nariman point and uh, i asked to meet this mr shah and there was some his junior there who uh, basically just met me for about 10 minutes and he said uh, well uh, it's going to be difficult because uh, you don't speak marathi and you know we have uh, you'll be doing a lot of district uh, court work so but okay you can join if you want and uh, we will be paying you 400 rupees a month so <laughs> i was flabbergasted i said is that all i'm worth i mean it's after Now, three years of uh, more than almost four years of uh, being in the profession. And so this is so they were uh, obviously. I mean, they were they had to meet me because of my senior, but they had to you know kind of. So then, uh, in fact, that's uh, a very interesting story. I mean, I feel that you know how one. Now sometimes you know I mean destiny just uh, so I was walking around Nariman Point really close to tears looking for a phone to call my husband and tell him this is not working out for me and uh, and I suddenly heard somebody calling my name and you know if you know what how Nariman Point is and you know how Bombay is like I was really so one of my batchmates uh, I suddenly saw him and uh, he was you know and I literally like I sort of. flew into his arms you know and i was so happy to see him and i said oh and i told him just blurted out the whole story he said tu yahan kya kar rahi hai i said yeah i came to meet this he said yeah yeah i know that lawyer are you going to be working with him i said i don't know so this is what they told me and i i really don't see myself uh, you know uh, joining up at uh, this slot so then he said acha never mind you calm down you come up to my office and he was uh, at that time with uh, uh 
with Khetan, I think. I'm forgetting the name of the company, but it was one of those, you know, big law firms. So he went up and while we were going up in Mittal Tower, he, I asked him, I said, you know, there's a law magazine here in Bombay that gets published and I've seen a couple of uh, issues and uh, would you be knowing where it is? He said, Wo AC building mein. I know them so well. Uh, that was a law magazine called Lexa Juris. And that was brought out by Mahesh Jetmalani and his journalist colleague called uh, Manik Dawar. So he said, you want to go up and meet them? I said, no, no, how can I just walk in? He said, yeah, this is Bombay, Delhi. You can go up and meet them. I know them very well. Come, let's go and meet them. So I went in and I was, uh, you know, very, because I just had this really bad experience of almost, uh, you know, being told my place in life and in my profession. But we went in and uh, there was Panik Dawar, he was the editor and uh, he was really nice and uh, he introduced me, Anand introduced me and he said, you know, this is my friend from Delhi and she's, you know, uh, so I said, uh, look, I I mean, I uh, enjoy writing and uh, I'm a lawyer. So if there's anything that, you know, anything at all that you, you I can do for you, I'll be happy to do it, you know, even. Um, so he said, oh, uh, great, you know. There was another magazine that, uh, besides Lexa Juris, the law magazine, that uh, he used to uh, bring out, and that was called the Motoring Magazine. That was a, a magazine for uh, Automobile Association, Upper India. So he said, I want you to write something about the Motor Vehicles Act. And all. would you do it? And I said, yeah, sure. So he said, okay, and come back in about a, is one week. Okay. I said, yeah. So uh, I took that piece of work and then I, uh, so anyway, then, uh, so I was back with that article in. Uh, just to stop days. you there for a, for a second. I mean, this sounds it's like. It's getting too long because, you know, I just suddenly. <laughs> I know, but this is very, very fascinating. Because, you know, this became sort of a, uh, a career template, especially for, uh, you know, um, uh, women advocates in the 2000s, where, you know, after they get married, they kind of yeah. like uh, put a pause to their litigation careers and look for other roles in, say, legal research yeah. and writing and all that. But when yeah. you, in the 80s, was this a, a route that, um, you know, litigators, especially women litigators were pursuing at that time? You know, going into legal uh, research and writing. Uh, no, I would say that. I mean, I, you know, there were two, like I said, I, when I look back, uh, you know, and now this is looking back time for me. So when I look back, I really find that uh, a lot of the stuff that I did was, I just happened to sort of like, this was literally stumbling upon it. But at the back of my mind, I knew that I like to write, you know. I enjoyed writing. So I think that just drew me to uh, uh, that. In fact, interestingly, now that you mention it, you know, I've done, uh, I did a feature, I did a cover story on women in the legal profession at that time in 1986 or 87. And uh, I have a copy of that. It would be nice to share that with you as well. That's fascinating. And, if you're um, going to share a copy with me, I'm going to put it in the, you know, the show notes for this. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll have to scan uh, scan it and uh, so you know I uh, uh, went and I interviewed a lot of lawyers, young lawyers, including you know Zina Sorabji and uh, 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 Anjana Prakash, 
just as uh, and you know and uh, it was really nice uh, what they think uh, they thought of being in the profession you know when did you realize that you uh, you know you had a a passion for writing that you know there was it was something that interested you as much as say litigation or even more than litigation or working in a chamber uh see writing has always been like right from school and through college and all that you know one was writing and you know it was just it was uh, fun writing i mean it was were there never... like you know particular books that you admired were there writers that you really admired as a you know as a young woman oh well, there was too much of uh, reading there were too many authors in our lives you know there was there were the all the classics because my mm, uh father was a voracious reader and he got us all of us read i mean like right from childhood i mean at the moment i'm spending the lockdown reading enid blyton so i mean i <laughs> i i know that's very unimpressive to be saying in an interview like this but uh, so one <laughs> so one read i mean there was you know on the one hand there was pg woodhouse on the other hand there were like serious authors like john steinbeck and uh, Uh, i mean just uh, 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 reading i mean if you say about the legal profession you know the one book that stays uh, stayed stayed or stays with me all the time is to kill a mockingbird uh, happily is uh, to kill a mockingbird because that's the kind of lawyering that uh, you know it struck a chord even before i was a lawyer when i read that book it just uh, uh, you know you felt that okay like you know this is the kind of lawyering that one should be doing you know to stand up for i mean that was possibly the reason why i felt that we were always on the wrong side so um, because if there were all these big politicians and all these rich businessmen in corporate houses so 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 can you can you explain that um can you pull on that thread a little bit more which is you know even today um when uh people make the argument of everyone needs a defense right everyone needs a lawyer uh but there are some other lawyers who are saying who are saying you know um, that person or that organization or that company can find any uh, any other lawyer why should i be that lawyer i don't know for me personally i feel that as a as a really as a moral professional dilemma i think it's a little over uh, overrated because uh, uh, as far as i'm concerned you know it's the uh, it's the constitution and the law that uh, is at the center of everything and uh, if uh, you know if one the expectation is that you will have to deviate from that a lot then definitely it's every lawyer's every professional's choice in fact that was one of the things that i learned in my um, litigation career and my uh, senior was like i said you know he was a very fine person uh, and uh, he always supported me in uh, in 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 this you know that if i wanted to recuse from something and i wanted to say that no i won't do it because one of his uh, uh, i mean one of the uh, Uh, things uh, incidents that i do uh, recall that uh, one of his very close uh, friends who used to handle our uh, district court work uh, he asked me to draft a matrimonial petition and he got me to meet the clients and he said acha aapko ye draft karni hai so i said so but what are the grounds uh, he saying so he told me ki grounds so aap banayenge 
यही ग्राउंड्स की सास ससुर की सेवा नहीं करती थी एंड यू नो शी डिट लुक आफ्टर इन लॉज एंड शी वॉज नॉट वेल बिहेव एन ऑल दैट सो I didn't react at that time, but then I, after I left the conference, I went and told my senior. I said, "Sir, I will not be able to do this." So he said, "What happened?" I said, "This is what is expected of me, and I will not be doing. I I will not be doing it." He said, "That's absolutely fine, if you don't want to do it." So, uh, you know, if you really have qualms about uh, this thing, but if the principle, uh, for me personally, if the the uh, principle of the thing is correct and it's in sync with the way that i uh, feel if it's something that should be upheld or uh, you know uh, the thing then i uh, frankly i mean i i don't know i mean you know uh, uh, i'm sure there are many lawyers who would take up uh, people's uh, causes but there are yes some sort some uh, political and that feeling has grown in uh, the last few years it may have been quite weak at some point of time but yeah now there would be certain uh, political uh, you know the thing that i would not represent i would not like to represent at as at least at a certain level beyond that level you know if a person in need of a lawyer or of any kind of lawyering has any political uh, inclination i don't think that would stop me or should stop a good lawyer from intervening i mean if somebody who who follows a particular particular political ideology but has been the victim of torture or who's had their house demolished uh, illegally or uh, you know has any of the rights are affected uh, i think one should step in and uh, uh, you know anyway to you know to uh, cut short a long story so that was my whole experience with uh, lexajuris uh, magazine so i wrote a lot i did a lot of features and uh, i was lucky some really exciting things were happening at that time in the legal world there was uh, uh, the jj hospital probe was going on going on by justice lenten and uh, so i was covering that and then i wrote I did this feature on women in the legal profession and uh, Now, then there was this really big lawyer strike at that time in uh, 1988 and uh, so i did a story on that so uh, after that then i had a baby and then i was again off from work for about 2 years we moved out of bombay we went to chennai and then we were back in delhi it was after her return to delhi that she met vasudha dhagamwar a name that i had first heard while reading about the case of tukaram was a state of maharashtra In September 1979, after the Supreme Court delivered a shameful judgment in a case involving the custodial rape of a young tribal woman, four Indian law teachers wrote an open letter to the Chief Justice of India. This letter was highly critical of the Supreme Court's patriarchal understanding of sexual consent and was a pivotal moment in the history of Indian feminism. Vasudha Dhagamwar, who taught at Pune University School of Law, was one of them. When Abha returned to Delhi, Dhagamwar was also there. deeply involved with the work of providing legal services to the poor and the marginalized through an ngo the multiple action research group or mag in the latter half of the 1980s their work was focused on the people affected by the construction of the sardar sarovar dam on the narmada river so um Uh, a friend uh, uh, she just approached me she said you know you're not doing anything would you like to uh, uh, come and meet uh, this organization and uh, i think you might like some writing work uh, with them 
So I went and met them and this was this organization called MARG, Multiple Action Research Group. It was, uh, headed, it was started by this uh, really fine legal scholar called Dr. Vasudha Dagamwar. Uh, you may have uh, read her stuff in as part of uh, Law and Poverty uh, readings. So uh, when I met them, I mean, I didn't think because, you know, my idea of an NGO was, so I said, I have a small baby and how will I do NGO work? Because my idea of NGOs was that they, you know, go and distribute things to, uh, I mean, not not that bad, but then I thought that's going to be pretty hands-on and I wouldn't be able to do that. So when when I met them, they just asked me if I would be able to uh, translate into Hindi a simplified version of the Land Acquisition Act. So they had produced a manual. So what happened was that Dr. Dagamfar and her team, they were working in the uh, Narmada Valley, uh, you know, where the Sardar Sarovar Dam was uh, being built. And uh, as you know, you know, hundreds and thousands of people were getting displaced from from there. So Just the to ones place the ones correctly, this was already, say, 92, 93 or... This is, uh, this would be 89-90, yeah. So, uh, you know, Dr. Dagamwar was researching there and her team as Marg was also researching there. And what they found there was that uh, people are hardly aware. I mean, they were getting all these land acquisition notices. Some were not even getting because, you know, I mean, there were huge numbers. They were not like 100, 200, 500 people. Like, they were like villages and villages. And so, so whenever it, during her research, when she talked to people, they she came to know that uh, okay, nobody even knows what the process is going to be. They just know that they're going to be shunted out from here. So some had very little information. Some had a little better information. Some people had received some one of you know those uh, preliminary notices and notifications. Somebody had seen the way it was told to them was very vague people hardly knew uh, uh, what's going on so then she decided that you know the one of the first things that really uh, to be part of any uh, movement or to input into or to help people in any way in this um, is to explain that you know this is the process and because at the end of the day people have to fight it out themselves i mean no matter how many activists are there on the ground but until the people themselves learn to resist and resist in the language of the law uh, they're not going to be able to do it so they had uh, dr dhagamar had got someone and uh, kalpana vaswani she was also from uh, bombay she was a lawyer from bombay but with the same situation she was in bombay with little and company she moved to delhi and she also had a small child which is a very bright lawyer and she got her to simplify the land acquisition act which is like really attempting something so they had completed uh, that uh, exercise and they said now we want it done in hindi and we want it to be done written simply so would you like would you try to do it i said well my hindi is not great but yeah it's it might be slightly better than uh, others so then i uh, went and got myself one of those you know the legal lexicon with the government of india's that thick yellow book if you've seen it Um, and then I started translating that uh, manual so that was my really my first uh, uh, sort of though this had always bothered me that people don't understand the law because I was fascinated by the law you know I just uh, uh, it was like uh, even while uh, uh, studying uh, it was just I, I just felt that there's so much of everything there's so much of life it just connects with 
everything in life that you can think of. <clears throat> yeah, so they had already done, as far as the Land Acquisition Act was concerned, they had already done it. You know, it was already a simplified uh, manual, which I just had to translate it into Hindi. So, uh, uh, so it was uh, it was already a simple document, and uh, when I translated it, I tried to keep it uh, uh, keep the translation simple as well because the, the the legal words in Hindi are like I mean somebody is hitting you with a <laughs> you know a five kilo sack of rice. It's like it's. Uh, Can you remember any examples of a you know a very tough Hindi word which you tried to make simple? Or is there is there something that really stands uh, out in your memory? I mean, even a word like uh, uh, adhigrahan, you know, it is uh, adhigrahan is a Hindi uh, word for acquisition. So you know, I mean, <laughs> that itself is a bit of a uh, tongue twister. But anyway, to uh, go on to you know what legal literacy, like you said, when when was it that you know the a whole exactly doing it like a project like a campaign or uh, this thing so so while i was just completing this uh, land acquisition act uh, translation and they were quite uh, happy with it vasudha was quite involved in it she would just keep keep saying no simplify this further you know who's going to understand this ye kisko samajh mein aayega change it write two sentences it doesn't matter but you know Uh, you simplify it. You imagine. You know. You stretch your imagination. Who's going to be reading it? Who's going to be needing needing to know this information? So that was really a. It was a, a, a amazing. You know, just to attempt something like that. And um, so then, just when that was finishing, <clears throat> she asked me. You know, if um, uh, they were getting a project. from the ministry of rural development uh, to simplify laws uh, for uh, women and what they called it was it was for illiterate and semi literate women so you know that was like uh, quite a uh, uh, i mean that was a tall order not only is it law but it's also uh, for illiterate and semi literate women so so then uh, so the first thing was uh, i said i can try i mean like everything else i always feel that okay i can try i mean i there's no for me there's no guarantee right in the beginning how can i test say to somebody that yes i i will be able to do this so i was tentative about it and i said yes uh, I, i can try and uh, so but that was like i mean i think that is really i would say you know in the, <laughs> the way that people talk that that was for me uh, it's was uh, uh, it was just a blessing and it was just a ripe plum that fell into my lap at that time because when i started doing it you know there was it was such a fantastic the whole process was so fantastic just to pick up the laws and to see and then to visualize it you know for who it's impacting and one had had a, a reasonably you know privileged background so but somehow you know i i think like if you connect it back to what one read i think that's really important uh what you read how much your imagination develops in any profession and i think in the legal profession it's really important what you read so it's easy for a person for a person even if you've not done any 
exactly is a grassroots work before that or uh, anything but it was one could at least imagine people and you could imagine the kind of questions the kind of queries that people might have so um, yeah i'll just uh, i can show you yeah so you know this was a uh, you know this was a series that yeah uh, so just uh, in case people are listening to it uh, abba is holding up uh, these slim titles which say hamare kanoon in front in different colors yeah so uh, these were in english and hindi year initially which year this was initially in uh, uh, the first one came out in 1992 okay and uh, this was sort of inaugurated by the uh, ministry by the then uh, prime minister narsimha rao can you give and, me a sense uh, of the team that worked on it like apart from you who else was there like including the illustrators and the you know how did yeah, this team come together yeah. and so uh, that's that's why it was so much fun you know so the uh, uh, initially uh, the so there were other people in mark who were working on other things but i was the only lawyer at there so uh, uh, you know we sat together and because they had been doing field work so they had a good sense of you know what kind of uh, things people uh, want to know and then um, vasudha was uh, you know i mean she was just tremendous i mean her knowledge her uh, just so she has the vastness of her academic uh, excellence it's mind boggling to me even today that uh, you know she she was way ahead of her uh, times as an academic as a researcher as a lawyer so uh, so we first made a list of all the possible laws that uh, uh, you know a woman might uh, need to know that women might need to know so once i went so immediately then i uh, started i started uh, to identify uh, people who would give me some basic scripts so i got in touch with about three or four lawyers whom i knew and i asked them that i, I told them that you know this has these these laws have to be simplified and they have to be have little stories in them and they have to have be in the form of faqs and uh, it i had a very interesting um, array of lawyers i mean it was a real battle because the kind of scripts that started coming in i mean they, it was they were impossible to uh, imagine carrying them to uh, illiterate or semi literate so it was a lot of redoing but the basic substance was there can and you, you could um, trust sorry can yeah. you go through that that process in a little more detail like for example if someone came to you with something that seemed a little complicated what kind of feedback would you you know would you give them to help them make it even simpler uh so i would return uh, a cup at least one or two drafts uh, but uh, the rest of it you know frankly i had to do it myself you know simplifying it and putting in case studies and the, you know little stories and the stories were coming from all sorts of sources like uh, there were uh, uh, newspaper reports or the people what somebody else told you uh, this happened uh, with us or judgments were a big source have always been for me uh, i do a lot of training even now and for me judgments are they it is just about the richest literature that one can uh, you know i mean i think that's why john grisham who i resisted very for a long time and i didn't because i i'm suspicious of modern writers 
but uh, look at the way grisham writes you know that's that's where what he's getting his whole, all his stuff from is the law and uh, the judgments so yeah so you know about uh, who all wrote for me so justice madan lokur have you heard of justice madan lokur of course yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he was a lawyer at that time and he was one of the people and then there was one um, uh, saurabh prakash he was a friend and he was also a lawyer so i just uh, handed out uh, things and uh, so there was uh, uh, you know one of these uh, really nice incidents that i remember so uh, so to madan you know i had given him to write about the police your rights against the police so the criminal law basically criminal procedure so there was one section so i used to give them topics you know that we want to know about like arrest bail uh, how to make file make an fir so uh, in the in the bail section you know there was so there was a question so what is bail so madan had written in that right on top you know bail is a male cow so you know uh, okay <laughs> bail <laughs> you know in hindi the the hindi for bulls uh, bhai so i was like you know and then we all collapsed laughing i said you know suppose that i wasn't editing it with such a keen eye and you know this were to just go into um going to print so uh, so people you know there were uh, it, it was a very uh, uh, rich experience so one was that these lawyers started getting excited about you know this whole thing about simplifying isko kaise bolenge how can we simplify this look at this section and uh, all of that so on one side there was that but simultaneously uh, i started getting illustrated because it was uh, uh, you know semi literate and illiterate women so we had to have a lot of uh, the, the design was as important as the content so the communication aspect of it was very important so then uh, you know through somebody we got to know one illustrator then another so there was soon what happened was that there were a whole lot of very interesting people walking into marg in and out of marg you know uh, uh, there was illustrators and then we started doing the layouts at some point of times you know almost like i would say that you know the whole thing was going on uh, almost parallelly because we kept revisiting the drafts and redesigning them and putting in pictures and questions and uh, correcting the accuracy of the uh, law that we were presenting so there were all sorts of um, people walking in and out and then we started engaging with the pr- printers so what uh, 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 what happened was finally that the fascinating thing was that you know this had to be released at a very big function where the prime minister was going to do it so practically the night before i was can yeah. you just help us understand the the larger context in which this is happening because correct me if i am wrong but it is also around the same time the legal aid movement in india is also slowly taking off right 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 so uh, uh, so see what happened legal aid was at that time was not uh, uh, such a big thing because it was still through judicial pronouncement the act had still not uh, or i think it had just uh, the legal services act was 86 was it 86 yeah but uh, it wasn't you know it wasn't that uh, it had not really you know uh, kind of taken off i would say it was still that courts were still appointing the micus curie as uh, for legal aid and um, uh, no but uh, 
Uh, yeah, so the larger context, I think, um, you know, was because I was not there in the preliminary uh, uh, meetings that they had with the ministries. But uh, I think they had some very fine bureaucrats at that time, very imaginative. And uh, uh, and because of Dr. Dhagambar, you know, Vasudha Dhagambar, and it was her idea completely, you know. I think it was just some really fine bureaucrat in the Ministry of Rural Development. But it was finally done by the Women and Child Development, the Department of Women and Child Development, HRD Ministry. And that was again a lot of interesting stories because we had the Joint Secretary was uh, Mrs. Uma Pillai at that time. And uh, she got very interested in the draft. When we showed her the draft, she said, wow, this is, uh, this is fantastic. And um, so, you know what, uh, uh, like I said, like while we were writing it, you know, we just, uh, we used to have a lot of discussions in office and what we decided was that they should be really not daunting at all because everything else that we saw, you know, we saw a lot of uh, material produced by other organizations. So Indian Social Institute was one, um, you know, Father Matthews, I think his name was, uh, he did a lot of work on legal literacy, but, you know, they were very uh, boring like there were just these small uh, books, very close set uh, typeface and just text running through it. So uh, there were other colleagues who also were very imaginative and, uh, you know, they came up with this thing that they should be color coding and we should really make them very uh, interesting. So when uh, the Joint Secretary, when she uh, looked at it, she said, oh, th this is a fantastic idea and they're really so well done. And uh, we started engaging with her. But uh, the funny thing was that we got stuck on some uh, one uh, really funny thing, uh, which was that the, the manual uh, on police, you know, it had some uh, yeah, something showing, you know, that the police dragging some woman and... Uh, you know, torturing somebody or uh, misbehaving, uh, <laughs> things. So she said, no, you know, the, the Home Ministry will never pass this. So you have to remove this part. So we said, no, wait, uh, I mean, are you trying to say that uh, this doesn't happen or that this is... Uh, she said, no, 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 we can't have, it's a government publication and uh, <laughs> we can't have this... Uh, in a government publication. So we said that's okay. I mean, if you can't have it, then we will do it on our own, but we are not going to remove this. So, you know, I mean, I was having these meetings because by the time Vasudha had gone off uh, to Oxford to teach for uh, a year. So, uh, I, I, I mean, this was, you know, uh, these were the, I think these were the small but big battles, you know, which uh, one has to be very clear in uh, what you want to do and which side you're on. So, uh, uh, so uh, uh, we said that no, we're not going to change the content because unless you think that it's being misrepresented or that there's something wrong with the law, with the legal thing, uh, we're not going to be changing it. So finally, you know, they did give up and they allowed it to go with that. Uh, and uh, you know, it was more. Uh, it was very wholesome. The 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 whole engagement with the bureaucrats, though at that time, you know, they were, uh, you know, uh, also very. I mean, they were very. Uh, one can say a little quite standoffish. They could be, and it was difficult to get meetings with them and all of that. But you know, there was a lot of. I think they were very imaginative. They were. They could take decisions on their own. And uh, 
they they used to support you know with the imagination how did it come to be that you know this uh, gained such a high profile that you know the prime minister was the one who was inaugurating this project uh i think uh, i think they just liked the product and they probably thought that it was a good thing to do i don't know i mean i i've had very good <laughs> experiences with government so i i uh, you know i mean they are tough because you know they also have to watch out for a lot of things but uh, uh, see arjun singh was the hrd minister and i think you know they uh, i think they released it on uh, this part of you know women's day and they were very very proud of it i mean they uh, we did all the work but they kept saying department ne banaye hain you know no i mean that, that's great i mean as long as the work gets done i guess yeah. you are also yeah. a little less concerned about who takes the credit for no 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 we want i wanted it to say so so till i was you know later on i went on to become the director in mar but i every version of it that has come out at least till my time in uh, 2008 uh, have i have insisted that it should carry the bharat sarkar ka uh, uh, you know the uh, bharat sarkar and mahila evan bal vikas because it travels you know with a bharat sarkar it gets it's a it's a reinforcement you know that this is sarkar bhi sarkar bol rahi hai you know it's not just like uh, somebody so i said it doesn't matter we can have our uh, our name in like uh, six points <laughs> but bharat sarkar zor ki likho you know and uh, see the reason and another good thing that happened though at that time one had not thought of it that uh, a lot of the uh, legal services authorities in the states they just picked up this material you know and they didn't uh, they were not worried about picking it up because it had this bharat sarkar thing on it so uh, you know these are all small strategies small wily things that one does and you know which you carry things uh, far out uh, into the world if you want another thing that we did was that we didn't keep copyright so the inside of uh, every book इसमें प्रकाशित सामग्री का उपयोग कहीं भी किया जा सकता है केवल स्रोत का नाम देना आवश्यक है सो मटेरियल फ्रॉम दिस में बी यूज्ड एनीवे बट अक्नॉलेज द सोर्स सो लॉट ऑफ पीपल डोंट अक्नॉलेज द सोर्स yeah because you know we wanted this to go far and wide it doesn't matter i mean you know you want to just try because those days we didn't have uh, Uh, scanners or the technology was like uh, uh, you know photocopiers if you just had to photocopy or typewriters computers we just started using so but basically a lot of people you were a lot ahead of the curve at that time in terms of placing your materials uh, outside of the uh, outside of copyright placing them in the public domain and also in terms of understanding what a legal literacy project meant because you know i, I think um, before this period there wasn't such a a great concept of uh, you know what it means to uh, actually provide real uh, legal literacy were there you know projects before uh, this one you think i mean were there like you know i did we did a bit of research yeah when we were when we started this we looked at what was available so like i, I told you that uh, there were two or three things that were you know missing uh, uh, one was the communication part of it like for example the indian social institute material like i said it was dense it was dense and though it was accurate legally it was fairly uh, very good because i think uh, father matthew himself was uh, a lawyer he had a legal background so <clears throat> but it was dense 
you know not everybody could uh, read it or understand it the other material that we found it was too flary and too you know going off the point like the legal content was really low and it would go into all the you know that that whole you know sudha bichari ko ye hai maar padti hai kaam karti hai ye wo and all that so so like what what's the law but it was called like a legal literacy thing how would you say how would you measure the success of a legal literacy project at that time and uh, what were your objectives um you know if you ask me uh, personally my objective at that time was to get out a good product uh, product you know uh, which should be legally accurate it should be able to travel wide <clears throat> in travel wide <clears throat> i mean like literally like it used it should be Uh, literally reached uh, you know places it should not be bulky though by the time we got uh, initially we had uh, uh, 12 books and uh, so you know it did become a little bit bulky you know like it was missing but there was still a lightness to it so uh, so it should the uh, objective so i had a very narrow objective was to just to bring out uh, something good but uh very soon after that you know when we started pre testing these so uh, 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 uh mrs uma pillai you know she said you know the, this is it's very good and everything but you know i have to have it pre tested so you must uh, do so we you know uh, we had no idea pre testing kaise karenge kiske sath but then we reached out and we identified five organizations and we did five workshops uh one in patna one in solan in himachal one in raipur i think and uh, one with the mahila samakhya in uttar pradesh and uh, one more i'm forgetting the uh, fifth one so just a very first workshop we did we did, we did a workshop with uh, aditi uh just if you heard of uh, mrs vijay shrinivasan she was another great person from the development sector she is no more now but she worked with the ford foundation for a long time and she uh, made this organization called aditi in patna they worked with you know self help women self help groups and all that and uh, when we went to meet her and uh, uh, you know somebody had told us her name some colleague that you should uh, sing and another colleague of mine jyoti gupta who was assisting with coming out with this at that time we were having a meeting in the government thing and she was also there at the same time so like i said you know that i don't know my life seems to be just a series of like bumping into the right people at the right time and um, if somebody mentioned her name she was also there for some uh, some work you know some funding or something the department of women and child so my uh, she said you know this is vijay shrinivasan so i just turned to her and i and i said mr shrinivasan this is what we are doing and we can be uh, we'd like to do a workshop with your uh, lot in patna she said okay uh, she was very brusque uh, no, to the point kind of a person she said i'll come to your so she knew vasudha she said i'll come to your office at 10 o'clock tomorrow 10 o'clock dot on time she landed up and she said okay give me the dates this is the days all right you come so what i'm saying is that the first very first workshop that we did to pretest and what were we pretesting on one we were pretesting on the readability because these were women uh, uh, you know people with very low uh, reading skills and some with no reading skills at all so we would let them we just let them read read you know however haltingly and 
you know slowly slowly they read through and they were so interested so excited about uh, you know what they read in that and what we found was that this whole uh, what vasudha had imagined that you know even illiterate people need to know the law and they can know the law so there was one uh, we were short one set so we took it away from one of their workers one of the self help group workers and we gave it to somebody else and she was really upset and she said that uh, uh, why have you taken this we said because uh, you don't read so you know she, she said kya kya tumko jana uh, uh, she said acha batao mereko koi kuch bhi pucho so we asked her in some something you know she said kya banani ye dekho she opened flipped open the pages and she came to a particular illustration or picture and she said ये देखो मैं बताऊँ यहाँ क्या लिखा है यहाँ पे ये लिखा है कि शादी शादी के जी शर्तें होती हैं ऐसे ऐसे लोग शादी कर सकते हैं ऐसे लोग शादी नहीं कर सकते और बताओ क्या क्या पूछने सो यू नो वी वर अमेज आई मीन एंड यू नो एंड द रिस्पॉन्स टू इट वॉज सो स्टूपेंडस एट इट वॉज माइंड इट वॉज अ लाइफ चेंजिंग थिंग आई मीन दैट वन फर्स्ट वर्कशॉप एंड आई न्यू वॉट आई आई वॉन्ट टू डू इन लाइफ आई जस्ट वॉन्ट टू again and again and again in perpetuity that's all i want to do in life is to sit with like 30 40 women and discuss these 20 laws you know i mean it was so fascinating the the response to the law the response to fairness to to justice you know to the fact that they are a part of it it applies to them 25 years later uh, i'm listening to the story and i'm getting goosebumps Yeah, I still get goosebumps. I mean, it's really funny because <laughs> I, you know, one uh, uh, this thing. But I mean, just just so many stories. Each uh, every time we went, you know, even today when I uh, I am unfortunately I don't know why, but you know, I seem to have fallen by the way doing this particular work in this particular way. But uh, even today, you know, there's a sense of anticipation. There's a sense of sense of excitement. कि हाउ समबडी विल रिस्पॉन्ड टू अ पर्टिकुलर पीस ऑफ नॉलेज अबाउट द लॉ एंड दे यूज इट यू नो द वंडरफुल थिंग आई रिटन टू और थ्री आई मीन शॉर्ट पेपर्स आर्टिकल्स फॉर वेरियस डिफरेंट पीपल एंड आई यू नो रिकॉल्ड सम ऑफ दोज एनेक्टोट्स बट इट्स नॉट यू नो एंड दिस होल इट जस्ट ब्रोक दैट होल थिंग दैट यू नो पीपल आर नॉट कंसर्न विद द लॉ और वॉट विल दे यूज बिकॉज वेवर आस्क मी वट आई वॉज डूइंग आई ट्राई टू एक्सप्लेन टू दैम एंड दे वुड से वो पर वो कैसे क्या करेंगे लॉ के साथ में वॉट विल दे डू विद इट एंड यू नो लॉ डजेंट वर्क दैट होल सिनेसिजम दैट पीपल लाइक आस है लॉ डजेंट वर्क फॉर एनी बडी एंड इवन दे वुड ऑल्सो स्टार्ट ऑफ विद दैट कि वी हैव नथिंग टू डू विद द लॉ एंड देन वेन वी वेंट थ्रू द लॉ एंड देन दे वुड से वो वी हैव एवरीथिंग टू डू विद द लॉ एंड यू नो वी गुड एंड दे रियली यूज इट दे यूज इट टू गेट देर प्रॉपर प्लेस इन द यू नो इन इन रायपुर इफ यू नो ऑफ इलिना सेन यू नो देट ऑर्गेनाइजेशन नेम आई मीन दे so we we did one uh, such workshop and there was this old lady there who's called dai and uh, she was being ill treated a very gentle person you know and uh, she was a midwife and uh, she was being ill treated by her sons so uh, in the course of the workshop you know she read this that you know widow also has a share in the property and this and that and then she went back to her sons and she told them you know, that you know let's see you are not able to look after me what you do is that you give me my share and uh, you know i can 
I can live by my by myself and all that. I will not bother you. So they were really aggressive. They said, "Oh, there's no such thing, you know. Like uh, uh, widows don't have shares. Mothers, women don't have any share in the property and all that." So she showed them the book. She said, uh, "They said we don't know. Ye ye kahan se aaya ye book and all that. You know who's given this to you?" And she said, "Okay, we can go to the patwari and uh, talk to him." So she went to the patwari, and the patwari said, "Yes, definitely you you have a share, and your name will be mutated onto the records. It's not been done yet, but um, uh, yes." So just that, you know. So she didn't take her share or anything. And when we, you know, again we were in touch with these all these organizations. Rupantar, that organization is called Lina Sen's organization. So um, uh, they told us this delight. For they said, you know what happened. That that such a turnaround in Dai's life because you know her sons just got the shock of their lives, and they just started behaving. And that's all that that was all she wanted. She really didn't want to share or or anything. But that empowerment, you know, I mean, I used to find this word quite pretentious. I still do, uh, but uh, really, I can't think of a better word. But that sense of uh, thing because ultimately it's an individual. battle you know i mean nobody is going to come rushing to support you women's organization this that nobody is going to support you it's just how uh, articulate you are in demanding and you know the same thing happened with the when they used it with the police the police used to bother them so much and then they would uh, literally like rap out a few sections that we used to were very particular about telling for example that a woman can't call be called to the police station For interrogation, so they were so fascinated with that. So they keep calling us, you know, in the in the rural areas and tribal areas and all that. They really uh, used to travel then, and they would say, "Oh, आपको पता नहीं है एक सौ साठ धारा." And then they would say, "क्या एक सौ साठ धारा?" They would say, "आपको पता ही नहीं है तो अपने पहले अपने साहब से पूछ के आओ एक सौ साठ धारा में क्या लिखा है कि महिला को नहीं बुला सकते थाने में पूछताछ के लिए." so they would like really and they used to be so excited about using their uh, these bits of knowledge so uh, you know it was a fantastic journey and like you said then the, what was the objective the objective was just this to get it out there and let people do with it what they can because they don't have money they don't have influences the only thing you know so that righteousness that that law gives you that you know that sense i'm also asking uh, because you know um uh, after the first edition obviously you brought out a second edition of the same thing and a third edition right so the the yeah. improvements that you made from edition to edition what kind of feedback was you know that uh, were were these improvements based on i mean obviously you took into account changes yeah. in the law but uh, yeah. wh- how how you know, what kind of feedback did you receive to shape your um, you know what kind of improvements you made see there were uh, two types of improvements there was one improvement was of course you know that where we had got something uh, which is wrong that was and uh, i must tell you with a some bit of pride that uh, legally we got very little wrong you know so it was everything uh, i would say that it's possibly the most thoroughly vetted <laughs> uh, legal literacy product that there is because we were very very careful about uh, and the putting out the correct thing because it's very difficult to simplify you know simplify sections and to give the whole message out uh, in a simplified way so there were a um, couple of things that while doing the, the while just doing the work we realized oh my god you know 
this we i think we've got this wrong so then we would uh, uh, we made those changes in the uh, gradually in the next missing uh, of course we added things and uh, some words of you know language where we found that people are getting stuck uh, saying that word so we tried to simplify it in uh, those places but frankly from the first to the i mean i have the first few copies of the first edition and i have of the last one that i saw i don't know if they've done any more published more since 2008 but uh, there's not a lot of change in fact uh, my uh, grouse is that you know whoever has tried to add and change change things around has added always mistakes so i'm quite fairly bad tempered about that whenever i talk to them they're all friends still marg is still uh, you know i mean uh, there is something about it that all the colleagues that we worked with we all are in touch with each other and we talk You are listening to Abha Singhal Joshi on the Nagrik podcast. If you enjoyed listening so far, please tell your friends and family about this podcast where we learn together to participate in public life in better and more meaningful ways from the people who have been there and done that. This is a part of Nagrik Open Civic Learning where we promote open educational resources for civic training. Our educational materials are available under an open license. This means that you Yes you can not only use them for free you can also without our permission adapt translate copy and redistribute them if you visit www.nagriklearning.com right now you can learn about community rights and forest governance from a course developed by Oxfam India in partnership with the Center for Policy Research that uses exactly such materials If you are an activist or organizer working with communities living in forested landscapes you can improve your conceptual understanding of land use conflicts and gain practical tools to help communities protect and advance their interests If you provide legal or paralegal services to communities living in forests work for the government in a state or district with forested landscapes or report on land use conflict in Indian forests then you can improve your understanding of the various laws authorities and procedures that govern the use of forests so don't hesitate visit www.nagriklearning.com and start learning today let us now return to abha and marg where the legal literacy program was expanding through several rounds of pre-testing that is testing the learning materials that they had created for ease of adoption this journey even took them inside delhi's tihar jail you know basically i mean the whole uh, uh, work how it uh, expanded uh, came out of the pre testing you know so once we did the pre testing workshops and we realized that uh, uh, you know the kind of uh, hunger there was the kind of need there was a kind of excitement that there was uh, to know uh, about laws and uh, uh you know they would ask more and more questions and we started getting back a lot of uh, stories you know it was the stories that were so amazing uh you know they would uh, gradually open up and share their personal stories it was they were little reluctant but then uh it used to be a fairly uh, uh you know very comfortable space because they were mostly women who had been working with each other already so i think that is one of the pointers you know that Uh, ideally when you start with a group 
uh, if they already uh, have some interaction with each other and they are close to each other then it's uh, easier you know to organize it also and i mean we've also worked with groups who were not like that but then you know that you have to build it towards that and uh, so mostly when the uh, full program started uh, we used to sort of insist that uh, uh, you know to do do it in a series and uh, normally we would uh, avoid or uh, refuse to do a one off thing you know a lot of organizations would approach us uh, to uh, you know when it's like your year ending kind of thing and they have to show that they've done something so they would say come and do a workshop so gradually we moved out of try to move out of that uh, space so even that you know just to build a Uh, just to network and get to know people and just to you know uh, as a goodwill thing one would do that also but uh, what we learned from that was that uh, it works best as a process so instead of doing a one off thing if you uh, set a timeline say 6 months 8 months over a period of uh, a year you keep revisiting that group and uh, uh, you know then it just it just builds up and what you uh, end up with what we learned in a few years was that you actually end up with creating a little paralegal program uh, you know you create paralegals and we've actually done that and you know some of the women who were involved in that uh, process actually became the plvs the uh, paralegal volunteers with the legal services authorities or they started a you know within their own organizations they were able to start but that's like that was much later because you know it just kept uh, sort of building up and then we would get it back to so uh, when we were doing the pre testing uh, workshop so uh, our team was a little uh, thin i mean there was just me and there was another lawyer who was uh, basically she was waiting for her visa to come through to go to the us and she left and then another lawyer joined who was also Uh, quite young and uh, uh, inexperienced and uh, th- that was seema misra but she was the one who stayed the longest with the program and actually built it up uh, uh, a lot and uh, after that we started getting um, other lawyers to come i mean they were full time practicing lawyers who would give us uh, you know uh, some time and uh, even they found it so exciting but as full time practicing lawyers it's very difficult to get away so that's what actually happened to my litigation as well uh, because uh, it's just not possible to balance out a, a travel schedule or a commitment like that with a full time uh, litigation practice because you just can't keep asking for dates or passing on work to somebody else and uh, thing so that is a bit of a dilemma i mean if one wants to do it so then also that connect is uh, a little difficult to make between a full time practice and uh, though you can learn to balance it up gradually so there was uh, seema and uh, i and uh, we basically then uh, really got involved really involved in this and there were all sorts of crazy journeys that we undertook very uh, difficult journeys sometimes you know you actually had to reach somewhere reach there in the dead of night there's not a rickshaw in sight there's nothing and uh, you uh, you know did but i don't think it was just the thrill of travel it was definitely at the end of it you know there was this whole thing of that whole uh, uh, that expectancy that anticipation you know of uh, what we're going to encounter here 
you know what are people going to say about the law what are how they going to react what new stories are we going to get and uh, uh, definitely you know as so we worked a lot in those days in the uh, mid 90s uh, uh, you know bihar and jharkhand now jharkhand that time it was undivided bihar and all that these were all very uh, not very safe areas but i'll tell you uh, uh, you know and uh, uh, there was a little bit of a thing you know that you're going there is it safe and this thing but we never found ourselves ever even feeling any bit of that apprehension from people themselves uh, uh, you know i mean there would be a few aggressive people like when we were working in the west godavari district that was part of another program that we were doing with nalsar and that was much later so uh, there you know some of the activists uh, from the same uh, group of people you know who had asked us to do that series of you know to create paralegals there they would get a little aggressive because their experience of the law had been really poor and uh, they said you know we don't we are not interested in the law what does the law do for us and you know what is this all nonsense we are going to do dharna and rally and we're going to chuck people out and so one of uh, one of the best uh, stories you know that came out from that was so you know they were saying they're not going to attend this and whoever wants to attend it uh, uh, can go ahead and do it so then they once they in the second round of the uh, uh, trainings in the workshops uh, they came to us you know with a piece of paper and uh, that was a paper an application for uh, leasing out giving a mining lease for there was a rock piece of granite in the middle of the river that was running through their village so they, they that was a uh, form it was a lease uh, form mining lease form and some british photo was attached to that and they said that you have to get this because you know in the scheduled areas uh, you have to get uh, uh, things passed by the gram sabha to give any lease so they said this is come and uh, Uh, what do you think? I mean, we are going to, you know, they were very aggressive, and so we we said, look, just calm down. Let's see what we can do about it. So we just read it up and we explained to them that this is the process, and this lease form actually, uh, it has no details. Like half the columns were blank. There was just one somebody's name, no address, and there was a, a photograph pinned onto that, and they had the MRO had said that just uh, get this. Uh, Uh, you know because the normal process that everybody will just go house to house and put their thumbs and say okay you know it's passed so we wrote back we wrote out an application in response to that and we said that this is the process and this form we will definitely put it to the gram sabha i mean it's for them to for it's for the gram sabha to decide so uh, why don't you uh, give us more details because on the basis of the kind of information that this form contains we cannot uh, really uh, uh, you know say anything to the gram sabha because what will the gram sabha decide there's nothing in this so uh, uh, we they wrote that and uh, by the time you know it was time for our next workshop because we were doing a series with them when we came back there was so much excitement they said you know the mro actually came to us and uh, he said who wrote this letter for you and they said nobody wrote this we wrote it ourselves because and then they rattled off the procedure because this is the procedure for giving a mining lease and this is the procedure for a gram sabha in the scheduled areas if you have to give a mining lease this is the process so obviously you know we have we need more information 
and that was the end of the matter so they never actually they never came back to them and they also wrote in that application that you know since this is somebody who is not from our area you know if at all you have to give a mining lease we would prefer that is given to us and they had asked a whole slew of questions you know we put them down in that application how are you going to manage the environment issues and you know how many people are going to be employed from me because they were really angry they said you know how they just go to because that's was the way that government was doing things that's what they had seen of government that uh, they just going to give it uh, away and that's you know it's a common uh, thing so that was one uh, uh, you know i mean <laughs> uh, it's just that you learn how to go slow and not be reactive so the more of this that you do the more you learn they you know that uh, not to be reactive to anybody because people say bizarre things i mean in, uh, about women in mixed uh, uh, workshops where there were men and women uh, it was very uh, you had to literally you were treading on uh, eggshells and you know you have to be very cautious and then there would be a lot of humor and uh, you know and people would open up and uh, so those were our uh, learning so i think uh, seema and i we really have i we really enjoyed our work and we connected a lot with people after that we worked in tihar jail and then we went on to uh, uh, you know do it just kept uh, expanding and when we uh, realized we figured out that okay it's not just people who are illiterate or semi literate or in rural areas but it's like everybody needs uh, uh, legal literacy to make the connect with the law there will be some people who may not be knowing the law but you know to connect with it and to connect with the spirit of the law like what what really the law uh, is saying to you what is the law giving what is what is the uh, you know what's behind this law what does it mean to achieve so then we uh, we actually did a lot of stuff you know in the in tihar jail and and tihar jail was another story because again uh, you know last time we talked about dilemmas so right wrong you know uh, all of that so when we were going into the women's ward at uh, that time kiran bedi was uh, there and she met vasudha somewhere and she said would your team like to you know she's like that uh, she also likes to jump into new things and uh, so vasudha agreed and we started going to tihar jail to the women's ward once a week or something which to go so <clears throat> there was another thing because there was a whole lot of women who were there for dowry murders and uh, stuff so you know one was a little stiff about it because you know at your whole orientation is that you know uh, these are uh, the thing but we were there to uh, basically to do legal awareness i mean at the end of the day they were under trials and convicts and they also needed to know the rights so that was one of the things that we came across a lot of you know quite often there were even uh, activists who would tell us Uh, this you shouldn't be telling uh, all the law to people because you know if it doesn't happen they will get disappointed but then we decided look it doesn't belong to us you know this is you can't how can we decide you know whether people should be told the law or not it's it's a it's a, a matter of chance you know uh, that they don't know it but otherwise it's supposed to be uh, for everybody so there were some people you know some activists who were quite uh, uh, you know this whole thing was there but i used to steer clear of uh, getting into arguments like that we just carried on with our lives you know uh, and uh, 
so there were these uh, kind of uh, dilemmas were there so in the jail for example like uh, one of the old women you know she was she used to stay close by in shahpur jhat uh, where the marg office was and uh, one day she uh, she got a, she got bail uh and uh, she walked into a office and you know we were so excited and we went and hugged her and this is acha auntie and she was you know very like uh, the singer and then vasuda she said who's that so we said she's a dowry <laughs> murder under trial and he said and you all are actually like leaping into each other's arms what do you think you're doing so we don't know she's an under trial and you know she's like one of the people with whom we uh this thing so uh you know it was very i'm just trying to tell you that how rich that experience uh, becomes you know you start losing your borders of uh, the thing i mean i think you really become liberal at heart and uh, you feel that okay you know like uh, like last time we were talking about you know that if if there's somebody with a different politics uh, what would you uh, uh, you know would you decide to do would you take take up their cases or not so but uh, uh, you know there's also a little bit of a pompousness in that you know in thinking that you know uh, you you're the one who's uh, decide i mean there are so many other factors i mean if a person has a right to a process or a right to a law so be it i mean that's the thing if you've taken it upon yourself to only to inform people then you know uh, they will do with it uh, what i mean are we uh in mark you know we cannot even conceive of a situation where we will not tell uh, a person the law because his or her politics is different you know or uh, it's a, because according to us when we complete the circle we feel that the law contains everything the rightness wrongness of it you know the gender balance of it uh, everything the uh, so you know that's how uh, sort of uh, we were proceeding with it and there were so many stories there were so many funny incidents we had like we tripped over uh, a lot of stuff like uh, people some people told us in the beginning they told seema and me that you know uh, you should uh, dress very soberly koi aise cotton ki saadi wali pehen ke so we dug up we went and asked our mothers purani saadiyan de do apni cotton ki and they said, you know what will you do with them ऐसे नहीं हमको फील्ड में जाना है फील्ड में ऐसे पहनना चाहिए एक्चुअली जो वीमेन वुड कम एंड आस कास की दीदी आपको इस काम के पैसे मिलते हैं वन वन लेडी केम एंड आस मी सो आई वॉज वेरी एम्बेरस बिकॉज आई वॉज गेटिंग अ फेयर अमाउंट ऑफ मनी मैन कंपेयर टू यू नो सो आई सेट या हाँ मिलते हैं थोड़े बहुत एंड ऑल एंड आई वॉज ऑल्सो वेरी प्रेगनेंट एट दैट टाइम सो शी फेल्ट की इन सच डिफिकल्ट मानसून यू नो एंड दिस रियली वेयरिंग दिस टेरेबल क्लोथ्स एंड ऑल दैट शीज कम ऑल द वे शी मस्ट बी रियली सो शी सेट कितने मिलते हैं ऐसे वे से थोड़े बहुत मिल जाते हैं सो शी लुक एट मी वेरी पिटिंगली एंड शी हर्सल वॉज यू नो दैट वन ऑफ दोज बॉन्डेड लेबर टाइप्स यू नो एग्रीकल्चरल लेबर इन मध्य प्रदेश सो शी से तो जीजा जी तो कुछ ना कुछ कमाते होंगे सो लाइक यू नो लाइक यू नो एंड सीमा वॉज रोलिंग ऑन द फ्लो शी सेट यू नो दिस डजेंट गो विद टू टेल फिब्स एंड टू दिस थिंग एंड पीपल इज टू रियली से कि आप जीन्स पहनते हो आप दिल्ली में रहते हो आप कभी जीन्स पहनते हो सो वी यूज टू बी ऑल द टाइम इन जीन्स एंड देयर वेन वी यूज टू गो वी यूज टू बी वेयरिंग आ क्रम्पल्ड कॉटन साड़ीज एंड वॉट नॉट सो देन समबड़ी लैचड ऑन टू दिस वंस 
you know, when we were working in Gujarat after the riots and uh, there was one of our young paralegals, uh, uh, you know, he told another paralegal, uh, they came to pick us up uh, uh, from somewhere and obviously we were in our normal clothes, in our jeans and t-shirts and uh, all. And then he told that other person who told us, he said that when training, and sure, so we knew, you know, what they're waiting for. And sure enough, you know, we chained into our sarees and everything. And when we walked in, so these two looked at each other and he made a, he signaled, you know. So Seema just went and she caught him by his collar and dragged him. So, you know, there was a lot of connect and then, and then we gradually, we lost all of that. We realized that, you know, to people, it just doesn't matter, you know, like uh, your English speaking, your dressed in... Uh, fancy clothes or you're dressed in bad clothes or this thing it's just that once you make that connect you know when you just treat people as as i mean they are people you know and we used to feel so ulta we used to feel so grateful to them i mean they, they would say you know that they shared so much of their lives with us and they, that trust you know they they really need not have trusted us so that was one thing that we found seema and i you know we found that in reverse that because a lot of activists, we would hear them being quite, uh, you know, cautious about who they uh, engage with, who they talk to, and, you know, OSA, OSA, and all that. And we used to feel the reverse. We used to feel so grateful to people, you know, that they're actually uh, sort of so open with us, so warm, you know, so affectionate, so trusting. So it was a uh, you know uh, very rich. I mean, there lots of experiences, but obviously, I mean, I can't uh, uh, for this particular purpose. You know, <laughs> just I could go on and on, and I'm sure if uh, Seema were to join into this conversation, she'd have a lot of stories as well. Around this time, the team figured out that their work of empowering people with knowledge of the law would constantly come up against the state's reluctance to part with information. It was, as Vasudha Dhagamwar once told Abha Singhal Joshi, a dark tunnel. And they progressed slowly through this tunnel, along with several right-to-information movements in different parts of the country. The team at Marg felt the need for some stronger learning materials. And this led to the creation of the remarkable Bol Basanto, a legal literacy program in Hindi that premiered on Doordarshan in 1997. Directed by Ashok Chakradha, it had 10 episodes featuring the eponymous Basanto, a poor woman who encountered several legal problems and received advice and training from Satyavat Srivastav, a singing advocate. These episodes provided essential civic and legal training on issues as diverse as marriage, police powers and labour rights. The team from Marg even travelled across the country, screening Bol Basanto at several locations, including prisons. Uh, you know, so but uh, we didn't know exactly what to call it except to frame the problem like Vasudha framed it really well because she they did a, a research on the displacement in large projects uh, and she, it was just basically on the uh, knowledge levels information levels of the people who were going to get displaced by those projects and there was a series of books called some Terry something dam people of displaced people of Terry dam what do they know volume one you know number one number two nine number three 
so uh, while doing all this work you know but there's always this thing that missing link you know which you didn't know exactly what uh, what that could be and again you know for me this happened um, this thing so i had been doing this for about i think 5 6 7 years and i was you know um, saturated and i just got off hopped off the bus and i said okay let somebody else do it i'd have no more to contribute meanwhile you know i had also uh, made a series of films yeah so you were uh, and now uh, how could i forget that so you said so what improvements did we make so then uh, while we were doing uh, uh, you know distributing these hamare kanoon like we really we used to carry them in bags you know we used to carry by cloth bags uh, with zips and you know put take uh, take these uh, sets of uh, 12 books and carry them so we used to look like these you know small traders coming from chandni chowk at the airport and all you know these big, big bags on the trains on the airports in taxis and buses so we we used to carry these bags and just give them out to uh, people so what one of the things that uh, we did realize was that uh, uh, no matter how simple they are it is still there's a whole lot of people there who cannot read and you know will find it difficult to use this thing and uh, around that time uh, uh, there was uh, uh, somebody who was associated with uh, mark also she was again she was in the ford foundation maya daruwala she came up she met somebody and she came up with this idea that you should make a audio visual thing and then she put us in touch with uh, this person called ashok chakradhar to make a audio visual like a you know animation uh, thing he wanted to make it an animation thing but finally we came out with a series of films called bol basanto which has been a even i mean it's been a runaway uh, uh, success it's like it's a huge uh, hit so what what we did in bol basanto was that it's again it's a series of 10 films dealing with almost the same progression of laws the number one is you know what is law and you know um, yeah so the protagonist of that film is like easily one of the our um, you know, people with whom uh, we had engaged uh, you know it could be any of these really fiery women that we met uh, in uh, all our work and she uh, sort of straddles urban and rural because she's from a rural background but she lives in a urban slum slum and she's a, she goes place to place uh, a huge sense of right and wrong and she is a uh, you know these women who exchange clothes for uh, utensils yeah, you you would have seen them uh, as well so she is one of those you know she is she is uh, exchanges uh, utensils and then she goes that's why she goes to house to house and she is somehow in the middle of so many situations otherwise it is very unlikely because um, the director of the film initially when he said you know he wanted some activist kind of person who uh going place to place you this thing so we said no that's not that believable so we came up with this so there's one lawyer and there's this protagonist is basanto chachi and uh, they're on youtube you should uh, since you yes yes i've just uh, you know i've taken this time to quickly google on the site and i found that mr yeah. ashok chakradhar has, has finally uploaded up, yeah. all of yeah. this on youtube <laughs> so, and we uh, were, it's there in a, uh, in a nice uh, eight part uh, playlist I think there are ten episodes or so. There are ten. There are. 10. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, uh, some of the episodes are titled uh, um, "Or Police Par Bhi," 
कानून क्या होता है कहानी जो आंखों से बही स्क्रीन प्ले बिकॉज ही इज वेरी क्रिएटिव यू नो सी द कॉन्टेंट वॉज मोस्टली आर्स यू नो एंड वेन एस एस इट वॉज मी अगेन वॉज डीलिंग विद हिम एंड बट ऑल द content that's gone into it you know how people respond to the law just the whole if you see the number one you know kanoon kya hota hai it's it was all those questions which we had uh, people had asked us you know the responses of people and all that was just that but he packaged it so wonderfully you know his screenplay his uh, imagination his play with words uh, so it was great you know and uh, then the kind of uh, uh, put in a lot of the scripting was actually just directly from what we had heard from the field and that's why this really like what sense of director is really real uh, so you know they these films are so successful and people love them so much that this became like a it became an obsession with our, me and my team you know they were at some people wherever they would see more than 15 people they would say ma'am yahan par chala de लगा दें सो वी हैड दीज टू प्रोजेक्टर्स दैट इज वेन आई वॉज अ डायरेक्टर फ्रॉम टू थाउजेंड फाइव टू थाउजेंड एट सो वी हैड दिस होल कैंपेन यू नो वैसे बोले कानून का पिटारा खोले ऐसे ये तो गली गली में चला दो इसको लिटरली लाइक यू नो कहीं भी जाओ लगाओ सो वी बॉट टू प्रोजेक्टर्स एंड वी वो जस्ट हैंग अप स्क्रीन एंड वी हैड ऑल दीज इन टर्न एंड ऑल वुड बी वेरी हैप्पी टू डू दिस गाँव में गलियों में स्लम्स में इधर उधर गुरुद्वारे में मंदिर में वेर एवर वी वेंट वी जस्ट शोट बोल बसंत जस्ट एब्सोलूट हिट एवरीवेयर इवन टूडे समटाइम्स आई फील बैड अबाउट इट दैट बिकॉज टू डेकेज ऑन आई मीन Why are these situations still uh, relevant? Why is there a realism to them? You know, it shouldn't be. We should have left it way behind and said, "Oh, this doesn't happen anymore." But every time you see these, you know, I was just thinking about this. These migrant uh, workmen. Everybody is now talking about, "Oh, bichare migrants here." So if you see the second last one, or maybe the last two, three are on labor. You know, there are two films on labor. Uh, labor laws and one is actually on migrant uh, the interstate migrant work matter and you see those and uh, you see what's happening with them today no difference so that was these films were completed we released them in 96 or 97 so where are we now 20 years on that's also uh, you know for us who've been working on legal literacy for so long it also shows you the progression of uh, law i mean there are definitely some fantastic laws and all that but the percolation of law you know uh, in terms of change that's something you know which would be very fascinating to map actually that uh, if a problem is known and there's even a law to uh, fix it so how come we still have the same scenarios so I've recently i mean right now i'm doing a project with the world bank on labor laws compliances so now you don't see a lot of uh, you know a lot of change unfortunately uh when was it actually telecast on doordarshan uh i i think it would be around 98 1990 1 exact i'll have to look it up somewhere in that's fine and what time of the day was it telecast it was telecast in the afternoon so you know they somehow they had a it was tagged on to some either some uh, mahila program or some uh, you know uh, one of these rural uh, kind of 
you know it's one of those slots in the afternoon so it was definitely not prime time but uh, it was supposed to be at a time where uh, when women would get leisure i think they had worked out something like that that uh, it's a time when uh, women would be at leisure to see the program though in the field you know very it was rare to i think you know more than the broadcasting the narrow casting like i told you he went berserk with bol basant you know he said okay this is like you know like the uh, uh, the the whole you know multiplying uh, effect is so uh, the thing and there were places where we had very short uh, uh, interface like we uh, got uh, Uh, permission to do legal literacy in all the jails of Madhya Pradesh. Uh, the sub jails we partnered in with uh, one organization in Madhya Pradesh. They themselves were new to it, but they were also they had a lot of enthusiasm and passion for it. So, and we just had one little letter from the DG, and we barged into practically all the jails in Madhya Pradesh, sub jails, district jails, central jail. We went there, and we knew that we have this time slot is very short. so what we would do was that we used to just show bol basanto two episodes or you know whatever uh, we could manage and then do a little bit around that and we really uh, yeah. you were traveling in vehicles and carrying this uh, projector with you everywhere you went or yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, there were jails you know sub jails where there was no electricity and they would go somebody would actually uh, so you know jails was a great story because the uh, jail has to be shut at sundown there's a, i mean the thing is uh, the standard thing is that uh, uh, parinda bhi uske andar you know na ja sakta hai i mean you you have a release order in your hand anything you know the important thing nothing if you bring a prisoner for being lodged in the jail you miss that sundown it's it's a real problem you know for uh, uh, the policemen as well and for the jail authorities because you can't you have to just shut it at sundown so they were we used to travel in vehicles and uh, all sorts of difficult terrain the roads were uh, not okay and we didn't know we would misjudge the distance and the time and stuff and all our land up there but they used to be it was quite pathetic because when we used to land up there you know the jail superintendents and the wardens and all they'd be so shocked to see uh, somebody actually coming you know to them and then somehow they would just buy a whisker like they would you know quickly say acha chalo 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 jaldi se aa jao band hone you know band karne ka time ho raha hai and we would just uh, get in there and then somebody would go on a little thela uh, like that and bring a generator because there's no uh, electricity and then they would crank up that generator and then we would uh, you know find a clean wall to uh, be made on we've done that so many times we used to carry a folded flex with us also and so we just go and uh, speakers you know we had small speakers and uh, our worst nightmare in fact we've documented it very nicely because we had an intern who was uh, dutch and he really though he picked up but uh, you know so i told him i said look you know what you do you just observe you know how we doing this what does it look like to a person who's watching and one of the things that his whole observation was that they just never get this right setting up their uh, uh, projector and everything there would always be an issue and there's whenever i used to come back i used to like bring the roof down you know tumne ye check nahi kiya wo check nahi kiya nahi humne to sara check karke dala tha but we always had an issue with the 
technical part of it but there were so many people used to be so enthusiastic about it you know they would quickly go and call some electrical fellow and people were very excited because you know it's very it's very sad also that you know uh, why don't people uh, just go out <laughs> to other people i mean that's something that's always we used to always feel it's it's so nice you know and uh, why don't enough people come here why don't they get to see enough people i mean why why is it not happening but that was it you know and uh, then they would and we almost got bashed up once in uh, uh, haryana because you know they thought that is dera sacha sauda they used to hold these sort of, you know very uh, 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 what they call that uh, satsangs and there was a huge thing between the sikh community and the dera sacha sauda you know uh, so they so somebody went and told them that they're having a satsang in the school whereas we were just putting up a bol basanto show in the evening at at night and then they came and they said so then we said no 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 we are not doing any satsang we are just putting up a movie show and when you see it you'll also like it and then actually uh, we had a very nice discussion around because of the quality of bol basanto you know it just evokes uh, uh, it's very evocative if you see some of the uh, episodes it's very evocative you know it there's a connect with whoever's watching it there's immediately a connect so uh, you know then we had this whole thing about uh, they, you know they were complaining about this baba ram rahim that you know he wears he dresses himself up as uh, guru gobind singh ji and then that's not okay it's an insult to us and this and that then we you know we like we would have these really very rich uh, very very rich uh, discussions with people uh, i think bol basanto did that and uh, it particularly helped us uh, in uh, talking breaking the barriers with the police which is a very very tough uh, entry that we made the haryana police academy again while we were doing some other thing but we we were fortunate to have a very fine person as the director at that time but uh, because there is you know that's this at empathy because part of the bol uh, basanto uh, police episode uh, it shows uh, policeman misbehaving and try to extract money from uh, poor people and all that but it also shows a conversation between two policemen in the thana and there's a ashok chakravarty has written a poem about policemen you know that how their lives are and it's a beautiful poem you know and that that little interaction you know it would immediately you could sense the mood changing uh you know they would uh, listen to that poem and because it was not that uh, you know uh, you're just you're one sided or something so you understand that a policeman's life is tough you know it's like uh, it's not easy and everybody is not the same us sabki ek ki wajah se sabka naam badnam hota hai isse tere tere jaise ki wajah se police ka naam badnam hai and there would be an immediate change in the mood you know and they would be just open to uh, listening to us and then once they told us that uh, madam ji hamare bare mein kharabi kharab bolte ho kabhi kuch acha bhi batao so what we had done was actually we had taken film clips that was another uh, uh, little project that i did while i was there. it was called sine uh, logic s i n e l a w g i c so it pick uh, film clips and then bang, put in the law you know show that okay what this shows is not correct and this is the actual law so then when we showed it to the police guys in the academy they said aap se hamare bare mein kabhi acha bhi bataya karo so we made a sequel to that and that was the good cops in the films the cops who don't accept 
bribes, the cops who stand up to mobs, the cops who help people. So that was also very nice. And we did it internally. My interns and my <laughs> team, they did it, you know, on the, on the computer. It was a very easy product to make. But very interesting. It was very, you know, all our, see, I must say that, you know, all these products, legal literacy products, they had a lot of jhan in them, you know. They were very evocative, you know. So people could relate to it, it would calm people down, it would comfort people down. So, for example, you know, one of the things that you see, it's always again something that uh, stays with you because you've seen it, you know, again and again, there's a pattern to it. That one of the episodes is on marriage. I think the number two or number three, it's about, you know, how uh, a valid marriage is, or conditions for marriage and things. And as part of that, so there's a Hindu marriage thing and there is also a Muslim marriages, how Muslim marriages are conducted. And it was so nice that because, you know, in any group, there would be like these, you know, two uh, Muslim women or three Muslim women. And that immediately that feeling, you know, that uh, you're important, you know, also. Otherwise, all we're talking about is it's always we're mostly, you know, the the dominant talk is always about uh, the dominant uh, community. You know, and uh, so it would be very nice. And so like in Hamare Kanun, we have a Hindu marriage and divorce Kanun. We have a, a Muslim marriage and divorce and we have also a Christian marriage and divorce. And we used to make them read all of them. You know, even if there was not a single Muslim, not a single Christian in that uh, particular group, we used to make them read. And then they would say in the end, this is and wherever they found that it was not this thing, you know, they would react. For example, we discussed the Muslim women's uh, bill the sh after the Shabano judgment, uh, you know, in which the Muslim women's right to maintenance was taken away. Uh, we discussed it with the uh, women in so many workshops and they were really angry and they were, they were not have to be politically like nowadays a uh, uh, Hindu will feel, you know, why should I talk about Muslim issues or a Muslim will feel a little hedged. They were not like that. They were out outraged. You said, what nonsense, you you just told us, you know, the whole process key, this is how the law is made and, you know, it goes through so many, but then who's made this law? How how can you take away somebody's right that we have the right to get maintenance and a Muslim woman doesn't have the right, doesn't she have a stomach, uska pet nahi hai kya? Usko so, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, I think, uh, th it's things like that and I think this may, uh, uh, point out to two things you know one is to have a product which is doesn't speak down to people it, you know it speaks to people it's it's a dialogue between citizens you know so it should have that quality of being a dialogue uh, between citizens and not a talking down to I've come here to tell you and you know you can do this and how bad and mostly what we've seen is that what we saw and uh, uh, you know our team in Mark uh, you know, gradually we started getting a little uh, this thing about it uh, was that there was so much in the world of activism or whatever this and it still continues that there's so much bashing of the law so much negativity attached to anything you know this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Okay, that's one This one thing bad, two things, five things bad but you tell the people the, the ten things that are going for them, working for them, right? The police doesn't register FIRs. Okay, so you tell them again and again and again. You tell them about Section 154 CRPC, you know. 
what are what are the conditions for uh, filing an FIR and what do you do if you don't uh, are not able to uh, make an FIR and gradually if you work with a group you know you are able to crack that and then you can feel that change coming that you know that negativity even even with the uh, activism and everything so bol basanto had that quality has that quality even today it rings you know uh, it 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 immediately establishes a uh, connect uh, what do you remember of the the writing <clears throat> process for bal basantot bol basantot that gave it this particular quality uh, firstly of being evocative and secondly of being um, you know of being able to speak to people on equal terms uh you know i uh, when uh, i would used to sit with the uh, ashok chakravarti we shared a, i shared a lot of this all the stories that i'm sharing with you you know every time he came out with a skeleton so the process was that he would come up with a very skeletal uh, uh, script and then we would sit and fill it up and he is a very imaginative person so he would say acha isko aise aise isme dalenge and then you know uh, <clears throat> it was a, a lot of it was like i said it a lot of it came from actually what people had said to us a lot of uh, it came from that and i think that was the reason and uh, besides that is of course uh, ashok chakravarty's own uh, uh, writing skills he actually writes very evocative uh, stuff you know he by his written wrote so the first, one of the first things even before i got to know him uh, one there's a poem that he's written about these three sisters who had committed suicide in kanpur uh, this was in the 80s and uh, they committed suicide because their father couldn't afford a dowry and it's that you know that poem itself shakes you up and if you see bolbasanto uh, it has a lot of music in it it has songs and uh, people love those songs and you know the the poetry that he, the words that he wrote uh, of course you know that was there but i think it was all the realism of the inter- interaction the realism of the people the the situations that uh, <clears throat> were shown you know people could just uh, relate to that and that pinch of humor and uh, all of that you know i mean it's it's a very uh, I, i think that that was the connect i think a large part of the secret ingredient was that it was really a lot of it came from people who uh, very it was very, it's very realistic people can connect to those kind of people who were shown there were very little talking down to It was like even uh, Basanto herself, who gradually becomes very uh, an empowered person, you know. But uh, even her responses sometimes, you know, इसको ऐसे कर लेते हैं, you know, like just very normal human human response. And then say, नहीं नहीं नहीं, you know, you can't do this. You should not be doing this. And also to show that you know there's a progression. Uh, nobody is know all. everybody can make a mistake everybody has these these are natural responses natural reactions to to things creating these learning materials even those as evocative as bol basanto was simply not enough abha realized as she accepted more leadership responsibilities at marg if they are not in rural areas and among the marginalized or in the field as she calls it answering questions from people who were using these materials then they were not nearly as effective as they could be but uh, you know at the end of uh, so many years of doing that uh, whole process i still feel that uh, that 
is the way that it should be done i mean there has to be a human contact although our products were meant to for example bol basanto i'll talk about that uh, later again uh, bol basanto is a stand alone training module you know if you see the film you get everything you know there's a the the entire law is there there's a storyline there's a connect so uh, it was uh, you know it can really go out as a stand alone training module but i think that people who are uh, specialists in the subject because there are so many questions that people have there are so many curiosities and a film or any no matter how interactive a tool you make you know i i think that they cannot be a substitute for a, a human uh interface so that is the reason that why this whole mode of you know creating programs and doing workshops and you know revisiting and you know having a complete package where the where you reach a level where you create a bunch of paralegals and those paralegals then uh you know take it from there and uh because the most satisfying uh programs that we have run are the ones in which uh uh they've told us in the end now you don't need to come you know we will do it and we will call you if we you need your help so those have been you know that's been a, actually a marker of uh, our program having been a success and they have really have taken it uh, uh, from there so you know between uh, uh, just to uh, take you back a little bit so um, 90 No, ninety one, ninety two. These uh, products were created. Ninety seven was uh, when Bolbasanto was made, and in between, you know, like I told you, we did dozens and dozens of workshops and outreach programs. And uh, in two thousand five, I became the director of Marg. You know, uh, Justice Leela Seth was our chairperson, and she was very insistent that I should, because Vasudha wanted to, you know, step back and. so i did though a little reluctantly and even then i used to travel out a lot with my team to do these workshops uh because i just felt that you know a team has to be inducted by showing them that this is this is the way it's done this is how interactive this is because you know people come in new and they're not aware and there's a touch of either arrogance or there's some amount of ignorance and they try to Uh, fake it through uh, stuff that they don't know or they you know there are all sorts of people who come in and uh, so seema and i would uh, actually we continue to travel and then people would ask me because i had just given up a fancy consultancy an international consultancy and uh, you know so the, they used to ask me even just to say it also asked me she said are you travel still continue to do these workshops because i have a very firm belief that the more experienced you get the more you should go out into the field you know i mean why it's not a progression that you know if you're a newbie or uh, you know you're somebody really junior then you go out you get sent out into the field and to the rural areas and as you get uh, sort of go higher up in the thing then you sit at a, a table and chair and uh, have a you know Uh, get people to do things so i think that i would really and i you know it was that a lot of young lawyers a lot of young law students they actually did get very motivated to do this kind of work 
but they had to be uh, inducted into it you know i mean they had they had to see the joy of it they had to experience it the way we experienced it so the best mode for that what we thought was to just go along and you know uh, uh, let them uh, uh, sort of uh, see all of that and today there are so many of them are corporate lawyers and their judges and all that and they still say ki ma'am we want to work do something with you you know we we still want to do go back and do that kind of work that was the best kind of work that we done but it's not practical you know i mean it's it doesn't work the commercials also don't work out we like we were okay uh, you know we were reasonably contented with whatever we were earning and then we also went on to do stuff of the same type but higher paying stuff you know like corporate stuff like i did uh, a serial called aapki uh, kacheri किरण के साथ दैट वॉज स्टार प्लस वेरी पॉपुलर स्टार प्लस सीरियल एंड आई सडली स्टार्टेड अर्निंग यू नो अलॉड ऑफ मनी सो दैट्स स्टिल अ बिट ऑफ अ थिंग यू नो दैट हाउ डू अट्रैक्ट रियली गुड एंड कमिटेड टैलेंट आई मीन यू हैव टू लर्न टू सॉर्ट ऑफ स्ट्रैडल टू वर्ल्ड्स यू नो वन इज द वर्ल्ड दैट गिव्स यू योर Uh, you know helps you to this thing or it has to be really well funded by uh, organizations who uh, understand you know that this is a uh, this is important to do this is important to be paid for and it's not just that you know uh, you keep asking uh, uh, favors from uh, lawyers or you don't pay them enough so that that is a uh, uh it's a bit of a challenge but i i really believe that uh, uh people lawyers you know they really need to go down there and uh, because it's a huge learning for uh, them as well i mean later on in life i was able to i was a professor at the national police academy i was did uh, uh, trainings with judges how was how could i do that you know uh, i could do that because i'd been down there i knew what's going on i had a better grip on what's going on than many of the senior police officers did so uh, you know even when you're uh, dealing with stuff on the other side or you're you know you're talking about things so it's 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 both ways it's not just that you know you're going to the grassroots and doing a doing somebody a favor so uh, that's because also i think funders maybe or people who do to financially support uh maybe it's an issue for them because uh one one thing that everybody does want when they finance something or fund something is that they want numbers and outcomes and outcomes are uh, sometimes you know they're very uh they are packaged uh in a way so there's a qualitative outcome is you know more difficult to get like you'll actually have to go back there and you have to do it in the same mold to get the responses in the same mold so what uh, what happened what did you learn what happened what was the change and you may not always get uh, a great stories or recollection because somebody tried to do uh, you know how much of the law could they recollect and things like that and that that's not how actually that's not really how it works uh, so it's a very silent kind of other this kind of empowerment legal empowerment is a very silent factor it's only when you're confronted with a situation that you suddenly you know there's something your mind goes back to uh, you know like some of the stories that i've told you and uh, you respond like that 
and that story may well be lost. I mean, it's not necessary. You don't necessarily connect it back to uh, a legal literacy program that uh, you were part of. So uh, I really wish that there would be some solution, or uh, uh, the legal aid programs. <clears throat> I wish that Nalsa, you know, would be more. Uh, there's also a mission. There's a le national legal literacy mission, which I don't know you know i wish there would be more uh, creative and uh, have people who are uh, you know uh, uh, you know just make it more fun make it more absorbing make it more exciting uh, for young lawyers or or old lawyers i mean i don't want to cut myself out of uh, <laughs> any fun that's happening anyway so uh, you know that is a little i feel a little wistful but i am uh, mentally lazy so i just uh, gave up i mean i i'm not the person who's going to push things it just so happens that you know you <laughs> started talking about it that after a long time uh, i'm coming back to this and uh, revisiting everything and uh, so i i see that you know one of the choices that um, um you know you have had to make is between the the depth of the training that you're providing and the spread Right. So how deep do you want your uh, learners to understand something versus perhaps how many of these learners actually get the learning? Yeah. So, you know, also the trainers for in legal literacy, what we found to our delight and surprise was that uh, they don't always have to be lawyers. We had some great legal trainers who were really not lawyers, of course, many of them. And, uh, you know, that's been another very nice thing that we could motivate a lot of people we came across in the field to actually enroll for LLBs and become lawyers. Uh, of course, I mean, uh, they, uh, <clears throat> but uh, what, yeah, so what, uh, uh, you know, we did was at the first level, the one that we do ourselves will be the strongest level. You know, it'll it'll have uh, uh, it'll be very focused and this thing. But then what we did was that we created more levels. So then after say about two interactions, then we would they would go back and they would start a process, a similar process, and and that worked really successfully in uh, Gujarat, where uh, you know CHRI just they were happened to be working there after the riots and then uh, it was a very bad situation i mean you know we've never that was the first time that we actually uh, worked and did, did legal empowerment in a in a situation which was so rife with trauma you know and uh, it was just that people were so insecure and uh, uh, you know totally uh, there was such a huge trust deficit in everything and uh, uh, just to be talking about the constitution and you know f fairness and justice and all that in that environment it was very difficult because people they just said i mean you know just don't talk to us about all this what are you saying and but the joy was that you know once we started the process slowly we carried on and at the end of that process these same lot you know who were such a traumatized lot they were engaging with who people who they felt are less empowered than them you know it was a largely a muslim group 
and uh, they started working with the you know scheduled castes and scheduled tribes closer in their areas helping them to you know get their entitlements and then they started working on rti and uh, it was great and that was the only thing you see that this feeling of that constitution belonging to them and them being a part of the laws and the laws belonging to them that is what saw them through that whole thing so we created tiers you know uh, so there was us then we had that group we built up that group and then we started we gave them some methodology how to interact so they actually copy the same methodology obviously they won't do it so well because some of them were not even uh, you know had could barely read and all of that but they were really good and uh, why were they so good because they start, they believed in it you know uh, i mean i i know it sounds very romantic but but because they started believing in that there is such a thing as a bandharan you know constitution that's what they call it in gujarati and um, what it means and what these laws means and that you know that whole concept of justice and all of that and i think that and they did you would give them stuff to do before the next workshop and you know then they would come back with their case studies and they were discussed so there was a process uh, to it and uh, we actually uh, while i was in mark you know i uh, put it together there was a UNDP program called uh, the strengthened access to justice for which uh, we did some paralegal uh, training and then we came out with this in which there's a very brief again you know just briefly the how how to do the process of legal empowerment so uh, uh, so there is a process there's a method to it you know it's not as random as it uh, sounds it's definitely a method to it and you follow the method you get you would get most of it right but uh, yeah you do need people with a deep passion for for the law you know and it's not a one off thing so let's not like going and giving a speech it's it's much tougher and it's much uh, larger than uh, giving a impassioned speech about the law or about any subject it's very slow very slow a very slow journey indeed for abha singhal joshi who has spent so much of her life pushing the needle on legal literacy in india and for that let us say thank you for the work you did to bring the law to so many of the people to whom it mattered the most and thank you abha for talking to me on the nagrik podcast so that more people can learn the lessons that you learned while doing the work that you did whether it is about the work that went into simplifying the language of the law so that more people could understand it the hours you spent training people in different parts of the country that helped you gauge the effectiveness of those materials or indeed in contributing to the creation of something as timeless as bol basanto which i urge all our listeners to watch on youtube finally before we end this podcast let me also thank all the listeners who have stayed this long with me on this podcast to learn from abha singhal joshi's life and career thank you <laughs>